0: Welcome back, welcome back to the Perks Recap Podcast. Back on the air here, once again, in my car, another long drive, so I figured I'd press record, give a little bit of an update on uh, my thoughts on the Yankees and some fantasy football stuff, and um, whatever else comes to mind. (laughs) So let's get right to it. right. All right. So getting into a little bit of fantasy football and football in general, I told you about my, uh, my team in probably my most important league that I do. I do, I'm doing three leagues this year. I usually do one or two. Sometimes I, I do add a third. This is one of those years. Probably the league that I am going to pay attention to the most is the league that I was talking about the other day. The one where I made the mistake of having three Cowboys players in my starting lineup. Adding Cooks and Dak and protecting and keeping Pollard. And the fact that I needed to make a trade. Well, two trades have happened. And I got rid of both Cooks and Pollard. Now, the appeal of Pollard was twofold. First of all, obviously, he's really good. He's going to be the main bet back now in Dallas for the first time with no real competition. And the fact that when I first got him, he was still the backup to Ezekiel Elliott and really wasn't getting much playing time, I mean, he was, split, I'd say he was splitting the carries at that time 60-40, maybe 70-30, probably more like 70-30, and he was the 30, he was, he was on the low end of that. But you could kind of see the writing on the wall with Elliot that he was slowing down, that he wasn't quite what he was, and you heard all the rumors the following year, which was last year, Last season, the 2022 season, going into that, you heard Pollard was going to have a bigger role. And since I drafted him the year before, and again, he was the backup, I got him in round nine. Round nine. No, wait. I'm sorry. Let me think for a second. Was it nine or ten? It might have been ten. Yes, it was 10. uh, (laughs) I'm trying to remember. It was either 9 or 10. It was was 9. It was 9. Okay, well, whatever it was. I got him late. That's the point. The point is I got uh, Tony Pollard very late. And he turned into a pretty good player. A really good player. And now Ezekiel Elliott's gone coming into this year. By the way, it was definitely 9 because this year... Um I protected him in the eighth round. So, so I had him in the ninth round the year before, and I originally drafted him in the tenth round. Okay, so it's 10th round. The first year I protected him, obviously, the protections, the keepers in that league, you go up one round. It costs you a round earlier than where you drafted him if you want to keep the player. So drafted him in the tenth, protected him the then the following year in the ninth. Last year was the following; it was the next year, and last year I protected him in the eighth round, and he had a really really good year. I mean, an excellent year. Definitely outplayed Elliott. Now this year I protected him again in the eighth, and he's got no competition. He's uh, getting drafted in redraft leagues in the first or second round. I would say mid to late first round, maybe early second at the latest, is where Tony Pollard is being drafted in redraft leagues and drafts that are starting, leagues that are starting from scratch. So you're getting a first or second round talent draft value, and I got him in the eighth round right now. Which is great value. Fantastic. So part of the appeal of him was the fact that you can get him, you know, make a trade with me, which I was looking to do. Because I had to get rid of some of these cowboys that I had I at had too many. Make a trade with me and obviously have him for this year. And if you want if he has a good year and you want to protect him next year, it's still only going to cost you a seventh round pick. Just excellent. So that was part of the appeal, and that's part of the value of Tony Pollard in this league right now. And there's there's values like that all around. Somebody, you know, you do, all you need to do is draft a rookie early in his career, and uh, with you know who's a little uncertain, maybe you're not sure what he's going to be able to do, so you get him in like the tenth, eleventh round or something, and he hits big for you, and now all of a sudden you can basically have him his entire career. You know, if he's a ten-year pro and is just excellent for ten years, and you get him in the eleventh or twelfth round, by the time his career's over, you're still not you're, he's still not a first-round pick for you. You protect him every year, and you get him in the twelfth round. You're, the, the last year, you'll be protecting him in the second round. He won't even be a first-rounder. And there are examples of that throughout the league. Alvin Kamara was one. So there are values, but Tony Pollard is definitely one of them. Anyway, I told you there before I needed to get rid of either Pollard or Cooks. And that I got actually ended up getting rid of both. So I made a trade today with a league mate. You wanted the 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 genesis and the nucleus of the trade is Cooper Cup for Tony Pollard. But I don't have enough running backs. I can't trade Pollard and move on because one of another draft kind of draft day mistake I made was not investing in too many running backs. I had Pollard, Travis Etienne, who I love. He's my ride or die this year. And Alvin Kamara, who's <laughs> who's not playing the first three weeks. And that's it. Three running backs, and one of them is out for th- the first three weeks. So I couldn't trade Pollard without getting another running back back. So I, I told my league member the, sa- the same thing. So he said if I can throw in Drake London to the trade, he'll throw in Madison... The running back for Minnesota and to replace London, Brandon Ayuk. So that's basically what the trade boiled down to Tony Pollard and Drake London for Cup, Ayuk, and Madison. And I like Madison. I think he's going to have a pretty decent year in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook is gone. He's the guy there. And they still have a pretty decent team. As long as he doesn't get hurt, I I think he'll have a pretty good year. Whenever he's filled in for for Cook in the past, he's been pretty good. And if not, after three weeks, I can throw Kamara in over him. And hopefully Kamara just goes back to being what he's always been. And I added, I was going to have to drop somebody because it's a three for two trade. So I added, um, I was going to drop probably Palmer, the receiver for San Diego. And he actually has Keenan Allen, the guy that I was trading with and Keenan Allen gets hurt a lot. And whenever Keenan Allen gets hurt, usually Palmer's the one who steps up in San Diego. So for a little bit of insurance for his Keenan Allen receiver, uh, I gave him Palmer in the trade as well, rather than just dropping Palmer, which is what I was going to do anyway. So that part of it doesn't matter to me. Um, So that's the trade. So I've now got Dak, ETN, Madison, Cooper Cup, Brandon Ayuk. and probably would have been Brandon Cooks as my third receiver or Jerron Dotson but the decision was made because I also traded Cooks before I even did the Pollard trade I was offered Michael Pittman for Cooks straight up, one for one because at the time, I wasn't looking to make a crazy deal like that I did with the, the other guy. I was just trying to look for one for one, someone close to equal value. I just needed to get off of having three Cowboys in my starting lineup. And I need to get somebody different. And Michael Pittman and, and uh, Cooks, I value relatively close together, I would say. Honestly, I think Pittman is probably ranked a little ahead of Cooks, but they're in the, They're both in that same range. The guy who traded it is also a Cowboys fan, and he uh, he um, didn't have any Cowboys on his team. And it's always nice if you're a, if you're a fan, especially if you're like a super fan of a team and you, that you really get into and you play some fantasy. It's always nice to have one guy like I can't I don't go out of my way to draft a Cowboy or in a baseball draft to draft a Yankee. But if it's like some, if it's close between two two players, and one is on my favorite team, then yeah, I'm gonna take that guy on my favorite team because I'm gonna watch every game they play anyway, and it's nice to have a little bit of a little bit more of a rooting interest for one of the guys. Um, but as I said, I don't typically, like I said, I don't go out of my way to do that, and I've had plenty of teams, baseball and football, where I have absolutely no Cowboys and absolutely no Yankees whatsoever. Um, This year, though, it just worked out where the best values and where I was the most comfortable end up being, adding Cooks and Dak Prescott to a team that I already had, Tony Pollard. Just too many guys on one team. There's only one football to go around. So now I have just Dak on the Cowboys. He's my quarterback. So what we're looking at now is the starting lineup of uh, Dak Prescott, ETN, Alexander Madison, Brandon Ayuk Cooper Cup And Michael Pittman Chances are that's what we're going to go with To start the season Oh don't forget I also have Travis Kelsey At tight end Who's the best tight end in the league And that's going to help So my pass catchers Are Cup Ayuk Pittman And Kelsey And I'm pretty comfortable with that Kelsey Obviously is the number one tight end He's a first-round pick. He goes in the first round. Uh, Cup is also probably a first or second round. He's been hurt with a little bit of injuries the last couple years. But when he's out there, he's still a stud. There's, there's been no slowdown in terms of his production when he can get out there. He's actually questionable, I think, for the first week already with a hamstring. I'm hoping he can get, get out there. I kind of know kind of knew what I was getting into with Cup getting him but I have a lot of receivers I think I can sustain a couple of games here and there a game or two if Cup is going to struggle with staying on the field I've got a ton of receivers that I'm excited about so I made the so I took a little bit of a chance with him but you know, you, get, you take that chance with everybody, to be honest. I mean, there's nobody... That, it's very rare that a running back is going to play all 17 games. Or even a receiver is going to play all 17 games. I mean, they do it. There's people that do it, obviously. But a lot of times, guys get... You know, especially if they're a really good team or something, they get the last game off. Or... You know, injuries happen. Guys miss some time. So, that's the team. That's the squad. I don't anticipate making any more trades, unless out of necessity. But, uh, you know, you never know for sure. I'll be scouring the waiver wire uh, for sure as well, in terms of uh, maybe adding a little bit of running back depth. I need to do that for sure. But I'm ready to go. That's the lineup. ETN, Madison, Dak, Cup. Ayuk, Pittman, and Kelsey. And I feel a little better now about my matchup week one. Have to see how it goes. If Cup can play and plays well, I feel a little better about my matchup week one. And it's nice to have what could be the best tight end in in fantasy. And, you know, everyone is thinking that he will be, and he was last year in Kelsey. Cup has the potential to be the best wide receiver in the league for fantasy this year. And I told you before, Travis Etienne is my ride or die. He's the guy that I think is going to break out the most. I love that team, that Jacksonville team is fun And um, They're giving me very Very much a uh, Almost like I would say Like a Early Colts team with Peyton Manning Like Manning and Edger and James Vibe That's the vibe I'm getting from those two So, yeah, I also love Trevor, Trevor Lawrence this year. So if ETN can fulfill what I think you know is my breakthrough projection and be like a first-rounder next year, then I've got a top-of-the-line running back, top-of-the-line receiver, top-of-the-line tight end. And if that cuts down on the turnovers, as I think he will... I like my chances because I also like my th- my second and third receivers. Definitely like my chances. Add a little bit of running back depth. We're off to the races. As for some other fantasy stuff, I would say Trevor Lawrence I believe is a great target you haven't had your draft yet you can get Trevor Lawrence after all the big guns go away at quarterback you could probably get him later after you've already drafted two running backs and two receivers probably in the fifth round or so maybe even the sixth or seventh round get Trevor Lawrence I think he'll be very happy with his production this year I'm expecting big things from Trevor Lawrence this year, for sure. And he's a target for me in drafts, most definitely. My other league that um, is not this league that I've been talking about uh, had their draft, had, had a draft, and I did get Lawrence in that league, so I'm happy about that. As for other guys... ETN, I think you can get him a little later. Not crazy late, second or third round, but you don't have to spend a first round on him. Love him. I'm down on the Jets running backs, Dalvin Cook. I think Cook is going. Did not come there to sit on the bench exclusively, but you know they have Brees Hall. So I think they're going to basically both kill each other's value, which is a shame. I like Gibbs, but Montgomery still Montgomery being there kind of um, is concerning that he's going to vulture some, some touches away from him, but I do like Gibbs talent and I think you can get him also at a pretty good price where he might just outplay Montgomery to such a degree that they don't have a choice but to play him and start him every day and give him the bulk of the carries. I can definitely see that happening. And moving forward, I think Gibbs is definitely their Bell Cale running back of the future for sure. So I like him quite a bit as well. Of course, Robinson... He, he's a first-round talent already. He's going in, like, first, second round in most of these drafts as well. A lot of receivers are going as well in the first round. But, you know, love him, and it looks like he doesn't really even have much competition. So he should really, really take off, hit the ground running, so to speak. Excuse the pun the pun there, but he is someone that's exciting. And you could build you could you could get a receiver in the first round, come back and possibly get Robinson and ATN in the second and third round. It's possible. If you're picking early in the second round to get Bijan or even maybe mid second round. If you can get, get a receiver, a stud receiver, like Jamar Chase or something in the first round, come back, get Robinson and ETN. You're, you're doing really good. And then get another receiver in round four, top of the, whoever's there, and then get Trevor Lawrence. Whoo! Woo! Another sleeper also on Jacksonville. As you can see, I'm high on Jacksonville this year with Etienne Lawrence. Um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley looks fantastic. He's back. I want a piece of the Jacksonville offense on every one of my fantasy league teams uh, this year. I got Lawrence in one league. I got Etienne in another. I got one more draft coming up uh, this coming Monday or Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. And I will be trying to get one of them again. And maybe maybe this time I'll get Ridley just so I have one of each. (laughs) So they're all three players that I like. I have on on a team for each of them. Anyway, that's going to close it for this segment. I'm going to give you more of a fantasy uh, breakdown and outlook and more fantasy information in the coming days, the next couple days. In case you have a late draft like I do or just to give some thoughts on some players that you might want to look at in trades or add drops or whatever the case may be. Anyway, we're going to come back with a little bit of thought on the Yankees right about now. Okay, we're back. Still in the car. The New York Yankees brought up Austin Wells and the Martian Jason Dominguez to go along with Everson Pereira who they brought up a couple weeks ago or last week and of course they still have the the young Volpe at shortstop and Peraza is also up he came back up with Pereira as well Um, the Yankees they just don't They don't act like the Yankees anymore. They act like everybody else. And they never used to before. They were held to a higher standard. And they used to hold themselves to a higher standard. But now they got patches on their uniforms. They mishandle everything. They have the worst analytic team for the amount of money that they spend on analytics. Their analytic evaluation is terrible. It's just terrible. It doesn't work, obviously. This is a heavy heavy analytic team, and they're in last place. And last year, I know, they they got to the American League Championship Series and got swept. Got their ass handed to them, basically. Uh, But they still got there. And to be honest, I was surprised they got there and had no delusions that they were going to beat the Astros They should not have really even been there. Because it was a flawed team, a deeply flawed team. But what that did was afford them the opportunity to bring back basically that exact same team and have the fans accept it because they got to the championship series the year before. As they put it, four games away from the World Series. And they added Carlos Rodon, but also another flaw in their their evaluations and their analytics and their targets on who they try to acquire. Stanton, back a few years ago now, Giancarlo Stanton was not a good fit, and they got him more right-handed power. It's a team that's always had left-handers, always had left-handers and left-handed power. I mean, in the 90s, when they were winning championships, they had Tino Martinez, and they had Bernie Williams and Posada, who were switch hitters, who were batting from the left side a lot, giving you 20 homers each a year, or sometimes a little more. Uh, Tino, with like 40 homers a couple of years, and either way was always a big power threat. From the left side. Paul O'Neill, left-hander. I mean, they had left-handed hitters always, and this team is so right-handed, heavy. My goodness. Ugh. It's mind-boggling. How that how they don't see that, that they need that that it's such a flaw that needs to be addressed addressed. Well, the good thing is Jason Dominguez comes up. Last night's his first game against those same Astros. And he's a switch hitter. So he's batting from the left side. And hits an opposite field home run off Justin Verlander, future Hall of Famer. In his first swing in the Major Leagues. Swing Not, not first at bat. First swing. It was his first at bat. But in his first swing... He hits it over the fence opposite field to left field and propels the Yankees to a big win over over Houston. Not a big win, a win over Houston. No wins are big right now. None of these games are big because they're out of it. But what we're getting is an infusion of these youngsters, and I think what it is is a chance to just basically see what we've got over the next month. And hopefully they can hold some of their value if we want to trade one or two of them, which I do think they're going to do. They got to decide who they want to keep and who they can get some some value for in a return in a trade. Wells also debuted last night and got a, I believe he got a double. He was one for four. And I think what you're going to see is these guys are going to play a lot. I think you're going to see these guys play a lot. And then I'm, I think you're going to try to go after Bellinger and free agency. And I think you're going to try to trade Glaber and one of these youngsters. And we'll see what we can get. And maybe we'll um, add to the rotation, possibly. Although I don't see a great need for that, as long as everybody comes back and is to what they should be. I think they can use one more starter, probably, but it doesn't have to be a top of the line starter. They've got two top guys. Again, if Rodon is is healthy, and that's a big if. You got Cole, of course. You got a Rodon. But I like Nestor. I have no problem with Nestor being our third starter. I think we still have Frankie Montas under contract. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. He's been such an afterthought. But I thought we had him for one more year, which would be next year. And then we still have Clark Schmidt, who's had a good year this year, and I like quite a bit. And it, I think Domingo Herman is still under contract and he he was you know all his faults of course, and his kind of up and down nature overall. Though he had some good games, and he also had a, he pitched a perfect game this year. Let's not forget that Domingo Herman pitched a perfect game this season. So, do you really have a need for a starting pitcher? I got I gave you six right there, and if Montas is a part of it, you still got a starting five. Severino's a free agent. I don't think he's coming back. But if he's humbled enough where he's not getting good trade, uh, good value on the free agent market, maybe they bring him back. Maybe they go let him test it a little bit and he's getting low enough order or uh, low enough offers where the Yankees can match it and bring him back at a low cost. I can see them doing that. Because Severino's a good pitcher. He's always been a good pitcher. He lost his way this year somehow, some right way. But since then has had a pretty good last, what, four starts or so? So it's not inconceivable that he could possibly go back to being what he has always been and sign even a short-term deal for a year or two. Ensure up that rotation And if not Here's a name for you Why don't they go back and get Jordan Montgomery Again He's a free agent He's a left handed pitcher He's a solid pitcher He's nothing He's not spectacular But he's pitched there before he can definitely be a mid of the rotation kind of guy, and can definitely solidify that pitching rotation for sure. That's the kind of guy that I would get, because and he also won't be top of the line, really crazy expensive. Because you want to go get the big free agent prize of like Julio Urias or Urias, he's going to cost you twenty million dollars a year, if not maybe even more. I don't think they're going to do that. And for once, I actually agree, they shouldn't do that. What they can trade Glaber for, or possibly one of these kids, I would like them to try to trade for a closer. A real closer. They haven't had a real closer in a few years now. Clay Holmes has been the primary guy that they've used in in that role but he doesn't—he doesn't fit the profile of a, of a closer to me. I think he would be a great innings, uh, eighth inning guy if they can add a closer through the trade market. I don't know if anybody's available available um, as a free agent who's a closer this coming year. But maybe they can open up the trade market and get. Get somebody back who's a you know to be the closer for the 2024 season, and that's about it. You got to sign your bullpen, your entire bullpen basically is uh is gone. It's a free, they're all free agents. You got to bring back some of the guys. You got to bring back, I would say, bring back Lewisaga, Holmes, King. King, there's another option for the starting rotation, he's being stretched out right now, and he's been going last time he went out. He went four innings. He's being stretched out for this, for to be a starter in September the rest of the way, and he's always said he could start. He thinks he could be a good starter, and he's been pretty good since this this uh, experiment has started to happen. And um, I think they're going to try to get him to five innings next time. And once you get to five innings, you can start winning games as a starter, and you're really a bona fide starting pitcher. And he's another option for that starting rotation but he's also an option in the bullpen so I'd bring him back and then you gotta pick and choose who you want you probably want to bring back make sure Wandy Peralta's back um, I guess Marinaccio and Hamilton bring those guys back or one of those guys back The good thing is all these bullpen guys who are all free agents, they shouldn't be too expensive. They shouldn't break the bank. By getting rid of Severino's contract and Donaldson's 20-plus million dollar contract and boy would I love to get rid of Stanton or LeMahieu, don't think they're actually going to go anywhere. But if they trade Glaber getting rid of his contract... With that money alone... From those guys that I just mentioned... That their contracts are up... That they're probably not going to renew... They should be able to get Bellinger... And sign their entire bullpen. You get Bellinger in left field... Pereira... Or Pereira... Um... Dominguez in center field, judging right. Rizzo's got one more year at first. Hopefully he's back to the way he was without that concussion. Left-handed power, which is good. Bellinger's lefty if we can bring him in. Actually have some left-handed hitters. Because, of course, uh, the switch hitter, Dominguez, would be in the lineup as well. You got Pereira, who can be a fourth fourth outfielder kind of a guy, spell some people. And I'll tell you what, if, even if, if Stan's back on this team next year, which I hope he's not, he's got to realize it's going to be, it's kind of put up or shut up kind of a time where he's not guaranteed to uh, to play every day. Play him three, four times a week, and that's about it. Because you're going to have to put Judge a DH sometimes. Which means you're going to need a right fielder. And he's painful to watch out there. He's painful to watch. So you put Pereira out there on the day's Judge. Needs the DH. And you sit standing down. If you trade Glaber, you put LeMahieu at second. Volpe at short, obviously. And then you're probably going to have to go Peraza at third. Now, he's another one. We've seen him a few times, and he has not been impressive. He has not. I can't can't sugarcoat it. Orlando Cabrera. Or Orlando Cabrera. <laughs> Cabrera, Oswald, Oswaldo Cabrera, and Oswald Peraza have not been impressive at all. Cabrera's got... Way more of a chance than Peraza has had so far. But we're going to need a third baseman next year. And I don't think they're going to be able to go the free agent route or even the trade route. And if they do, it's going to be somebody cheap. They're not going to spend big money on another free agent for third base. They're going to try to fix it internally. So they gotta one of those guys have gotta gotta show up and show out for third base. And then I think you go Higashi or Trevino, Trevino and Austin Wells at Catcher, and you say goodbye to York Vert and, and Higashioka. Or maybe you say goodbye to Trevino and you and you keep Higashioka, whoever it is. And that's the team next year. And I'm okay with that. DJ LeMayhew now, all of a sudden, I don't know what, what the deal is, if he's just going through a hot streak or whatever, but he is on fire, and he's hitting homers now too. And Anthony Volpe. I don't think people are appreciating the fact that Anthony Volpe... Is the first Yankee rookie ever to hit 20 home runs and steal 30 bases. And he's going to do that. He's already at the 20 homers. I think he's closing in on 30 stolen bases. Even if he doesn't get there, 20, 25? 20 homers, 25 steals? Still the first ever Yankee to do that rookie. First ever Yankee rookie to do that. So you got a young player who definitely had his struggles. But as a rookie shortstop he went 20-20. That's not bad. I'll take 20-20. Yeah his average is around 215 or 220 whatever it is. But I would expect some improvement there. I would expect 20 25 homers next year, 25 30 steals next year, and then maybe a 240 average, 245, 250 maybe. If he goes 250, 25 homers, 25 steals, you're talking like an all star. I mean, that's fantastic. And that's the kind of player I think he'll become. I do. And he's solid at shortstop. Sure, he's, he's you know he's not error-free. He's not perfect there. He doesn't have a huge arm, a big arm. But he makes all the plays. His arm hasn't been an issue. I would say it's a strong arm, but it's not a big arm. It's not a crazy strong arm. But he can... It allows him to play the position. He plays the game right. He hustles. What's not to like? He strikes out a lot. Yeah, I understand that. But all these young players do now. And he pr- he will continue to do so next year. You just got to hope with some maturity and growth as he gets older. He's a young, he's still a kid. Let's not forget that he's twenty. What is he? Twenty-two. And Jason Dominguez is twenty. Got these kids, so they're going to struggle a little bit, but just some natural progression. If maybe uh, Volpe can work on the strikeouts a little bit, work on the getting that batting average up to a more respectable level, and take his walks, he'll be fine. And I expect that that's exactly what he's going to try to do next year. And I believe in him. I believe he'll be able to do that to some degree anyway. In the kind of year they had this year is kind of what you got to expect for Dominguez next year. And the rest of this month. We'll see what Dominguez is the rest of this month. Dominguez's strikeout rate, even in the minors, though, is alarming. He strikes out a lot. Triple A he struck out a ton Double A he struck out a ton I imagine he's going to strike out a lot Up here That is definitely concerning But again he's 20 Years Old You gotta have a leash with him A long leash And to be honest I'm not entirely sure They're going to go with him Next year out of Right out of uh, spring training And have them just just hand him the starting center fielder job. Pereira might be more ready in their eyes. And maybe he'll get that job coming out of spring training. I'm not sure. But either way, they're both playing now. And Harrison Bader, I said before, the Yankees aren't the Yankees. They act like everybody else. And they just mishandle everything. They totally fudged this Harrison Bader waiver wire thing. They put him on waivers, but they still play him. And then he gets claimed. It's just a... It's just a disaster. Everything about it. He went to Cincinnati. Good for him. They're contending. And I'm just... The way that they handled it just doesn't sit well with me. They have to act like the Yankees and they're not embrace the evil empire moniker that was given to you embrace it be the evil empire again I'll be right back alright we're back that's going to do it for this one My next episode is probably going to be within a day or two talking about what we're going to be looking at in the coming week for Perks Recap, the reaction channel on YouTube that I do, the music reaction channel, look ahead at the coming week, what we're we're looking to do. I'm going to try to do that on a regular basis here, give you the schedule coming up for Perks Recap. Also coming up on this channel here for this podcast uh, we're going to definitely talk to Al Hill again before the NFL season. The NFL season kicks off on Thursday. It is now Saturday, so we are closing in on the NFL season. Fast approaching. Monday night or Tuesday night, I believe, Al will be on to give playoff predictions, joining me once again. I'm also going to try to get a hold of football tie football Joe get them on one more time before the season starts but either way for sure time uh for sure Al will be on not can't entirely be sure on the other two I will try to get them on either way football content's coming more fantasy football content as well there'll be another podcast coming up in the next day or two for some fantasy football last minute fantasy football advice that's going to do it for this one. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Until next time, I will see you later.